Man, I missed you guys Wednesday night. I heard Pastor Jackie brought it. And, and Pastor Courtney led us into worship. But God is good. Who's ready for the word right now? Come on, where are the hungry people at? I want you to take your Bibles and I want to look to Joshua chapter 3. I'm just going to teach from one verse today, but I want to talk to you about overflow because this is the day, listen, when you can allow no hindrances to stop you or block you from walking into your destiny. Hallelujah. So I feel like the Lord is going to really speak a word because here's what I know. The enemy doesn't want you to finish this year, walk into the fourth quarter, November, December, and January with a spirit of overflow. He wants you to walk into this next year defeated, but who's claiming overflow right along with pastor? All right, we're looking at Joshua chapter three. The Bible says here, and Joshua said, by this you shall know that the living God is among you. How many of you would like to live a life that when people look at you, they know that the living God is with you? Hallelujah. And he will, without fail, tell your neighbor, without fail, without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Bill Collectorites and the crazy Bossites, come on, and the get on your nerve, uh, I was gonna say Wifeites, but you can't drive her out, you got her but the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. I'm gonna teach behind the scenes today. I'm gonna to get behind the text and I believe God's gonna say specific and incredible things to you. I gotta say this, Missouri's in the house. Pastor Troy's brother-in-law's here. We're so glad to have him. I always say that. But anyway, I wanna to expose to you today the seven enemies of overflow. If you wanna learn about the seven enemies of overflow so you can walk in power in this next season, slip up your hands. Father, release anointing and revelation in the house. Let us expose every lie of the devil so we can walk in every place that you've called us to walk, Jesus. We bless you. Somebody give the Lord an ovation of praise. Give him a clap and a shout and be seated. I wanna to talk to you about exposing the seven enemies of overflow. If you look at this text that I read today, you see the seven nations that Israel had to overcome in order to possess the land. In other words, they weren't going to possess the promise of God without resistance. And I've come to tell you today that you can never be surprised by resistance. Look at me right in the eyes because I want to say something significant to you. At 53 years old, I found something. You're often, I found out something. You're often defined by what you overcome. People remember you by what you've overcome. David is remembered as a giant killer because he killed a giant. And I want to tell you in the next season, God is calling you to overcome every enemy that is resisting you walking in the purpose and the plan and in the overflow, hello somebody, that God is calling you to walk in. So don't be surprised by resistance. Great people who do great things have to contend with resistance. Resistance means opposition. It's an attempt to hold back. And one thing I know about the enemy is he wants to hold you back. But I've come with a revelation today that's gonna break the attack of the enemy and give you the ability to walk into the next season in Jesus' name and possess the promises of God. Hallelujah. Now we read this text in verse 10 and we see the seven nations that Israel would have to contend with in order to possess their promise. And I want to reveal to you seven spirits that are behind these nations that Israel dealt with and hear me, you're gonna have to deal with. Now number one, the Lord promised that they would drive out the Canaanites. Now, if you take the word Canaanites and you define it, it literally means this, restlessness. 
The first enemy the children of Israel had to deal with was the Canaanite spirit, the spirit of restlessness. Now, now how many people lose out on their destiny and never experience the breakthrough and overflow of God because they have a restless spirit? Their restlessness keeps them from truly knowing victory because they can't stick to anything. Have you ever known people who can't stick to anything? They don't have the ability to follow through. And oftentimes, restless people are ruled by their emotions and they call it God. They'll leave a job prematurely. They'll leave a church prematurely. They'll leave a relationship prematurely. And they'll call it God because they have such a spirit of restlessness. Restlessness means without rest, unsettled, uneasy. It's from the word restless that means I'm never satisfied. Do you know people who are never satisfied no matter what they have no matter where they are they never seem to be able to count the blessings of the lord someone who is restless is someone who does not rest they have trouble being productive because they can't stick to anything and the spirit is found everywhere it'll rob you of your peace it'll rob you of your strength a restlessness that causes someone to always long for another place or another man are another woman they've got the grass is greener on the other side mentality you know I found out real often the grass is greener on the other side because there's more fertilizer on the other side listen if you're gonna have green grass you're gonna have to deal with some mess can I get a witness in the house see see they're never satisfied they they have the they have the grasshopper mentality somebody else has it better than me somebody else is stronger than me and they're not even satisfied with themselves they're not even happy being who God made them to be but I'm at a place in my life 53 baby what you see is what you get this is it don't I hope you like it because this is it baby I mean I'm gonna eat the chicken and the fish like you want me to but this is pretty much it right here I hope it gets better but this is it but here's the truth y'all I'm, I'm okay with being me because I have a degree in being me I have a PhD in me <laughs> And listen, I'm just going to be happy being who God made me to be. I'm, I listen, you'll find a better T.D. Jakes, but you'll never find a better Jim Rayleigh. When I first started preaching, I didn't know who I was going to be. I, I was Rod Parsley one day. I was T.D. Jakes the next. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I was get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. The Lord is in this place today. He wants to pour his spirit out in this house. In this. Oh, and I was, I was T.D. Jakes one minute, and then I was Rod Parsley. Hello, friend. Come on, somebody. Welcome to Breakthrough. But I found out it's cool just to be me. Listen, I would rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. And when you have a restless spirit, you will never be satisfied being who God has called you to be. See, there's so much restlessness. There's, there's so much restlessness. Single people want to be married and... Married people want to be single. Where y'all at? This man is on my last nerve. This man is driving me up the wall and two rows behind you, a woman saying, I wish I had a man. Come on, somebody. Married people want to be single. Single people want to be married. Tall people want to be short. Shorter people wish they were taller. If you got brown hair, you want blonde hair. If you got curly hair, you want straight hair. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If you got straight hair, you want curly hair. If you're, in, if you're thick, you want to be thinner. If you're thin, you want to be thicker. Where are the real folk at? You're just restless, just restless. 
But here's the truth. There's people, man, they run from church to church. They run from relationship to relationship. They run from job to job because they are, they are never satisfied. They never find a place where they say, God, I'm just gonna trust you right in the season that I'm in to be faithful in my life. Listen, we have people, they run from this church to that church, to, to this church to that church. Here's the truth. Dear Lord, have mercy. The last five pastors couldn't help you. Maybe it ain't the pastor. The last five women couldn't, y'all ain't saying nothing, couldn't help you. So maybe it ain't the woman. It's a spirit of restlessness. See, restless people, write this down, are so focused on what could be that oftentimes they miss what is. They fail to recognize the favor and blessing of the Lord in their lives right now. Oh, hear me. We got to drive out that Canaanite spirit. Here's what Paul said to the Philippian church. I have learned to be content whatever my circumstances. Content means this. It is in a state of peaceful happiness. Tell your neighbor, just be happy. Yeah, make up in your mind that you're gonna be happy. I'm gonna have joy. I'm not gonna be depressed for anybody. I'm gonna be happy. You know, I, the truth is when I leave here today, I'm gonna greet all the visitors. I'm gonna go home and eat chicken. Hallelujah, praise the lamb. But this is the good chicken. It ain't fried chicken, but there will be gravy somewhere on the table. And y'all know gravy can redeem anything. Can I get a witness in the house? But, but here's the truth. I got to leave here. I just got in from preaching uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I leave here and go to Milwaukee. It's cold in Milwaukee. I got to preach in Milwaukee. Is there anything good in Milwaukee? Come on. Some of y'all say Milwaukee beer, the devil is a liar. God forgive you and restore your life. But here's the fact, I'm gonna be happy. I'm gonna get on the airplane happy. I'm gonna get off the airplane happy. You know why? Because the airplane is not my joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God has been good to me. Watch this, I choose how I feel. Where are y'all at today? I choose how I feel. I'm giving nobody the power over my life to make me feel joy or defeated. The Lord is on my side. I choose how I feel. So here's what I choose. You ready? I choose to believe that now is a great day and tomorrow will be better. Somebody raise your hands and get radical with me. See, some of y'all can't handle this because you, you thought, just preach to me, let me stay depressed. And no, no. Say this after me. Say, I choose to believe. I choose to believe. Say it like you mean it. Say, I choose to believe, choose to believe. that now is a great day and tomorrow, tomorrow. Will, will be better. Now give God a shout if you're gonna make that your confession. I'm getting better looking. I'm getting skinnier. I'm getting more joyful. I'm getting more victorious. I believe tomorrow's gonna be better. Now, so number one, overcome the spirit of restlessness. Be content and say, God, I'm not satisfied in the sense that I'm gonna settle, but I'm gonna be content that you are working this process out in my life. Now, number two, there's the spirit of the Hittites. The Hittites, if you define their name, their main name means fear, great dread. It means terror. And one of the most awful things that will paralyze you and stop you from walking in your overflow is a spirit of fear. And you will either live in faith world or doubt world. Can I be really transparent? You will either live in faith world or fear world. I remember the story of Timothy. When Timothy was feeling overwhelmed because he had been called to be the bishop as a young man over Ephesus and he felt overwhelmed by the task and he was fearful because of the immorality that was in Ephesus and then the strong wheels that were in the Ephesian church and he felt inept and he felt fearful and Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, God, son, hasn't given you a spirit of fear. 
And if you've been flowing in fear, God didn't give you that spirit of fear. He wants to give you love and power and a sound mind. Now, now how many folks miss out on their purpose and they miss out on overflow because they walk in so much fear? Fear of tomorrow, fear of entering into relationships. Fear of what other people think. Fear of failure. And hear me, I, I believe in Jesus' name that God is calling us in this season to cast off every spirit of fear and to move in faith. And if you're to possess your promise, somewhere it's going to take faith. Your next level, your next dimension, watch this, is often encapsulated in risk. You've got to get out there and get in faith and then believe that God will make a way. Don't believe what your circumstances are saying to you. Believe what the Lord has said about you, about your future, about your children, about your next, your next level. Listen to me now. I said this for years, fear tolerated becomes faith contaminated. Don't let fear dominate or rule your life. Listen, God is bigger than your issues. He's bigger than your problems. Because how many times do we spend seasons of our life, even hours in a day, worrying about things that never happen? Where are the real folk at? Have you ever been afraid of something that you should not be afraid of? Several nights ago, it's about 3.30 in the morning. Now I know you're real spiritual and you're already up praying and seeking God at 3.30 in the morning. Bless your heart. Not me. At 3.30 in the morning, I am out cold, can I get a witness? And so I begin to hear this buzz, but I think it is my wife's alarm going off and I'm thinking, man, that night she'll pass fast, but she's not cutting it off. And finally she pushes me and she said, your phone has rang three times. And I look over at it and it is my oldest daughter calling me at 3.30 in the morning. And I'm like, what in the world? She is actually downstairs in my house. <laughs> so already your heart is beating. What in the world? Just, why is she calling me at 3.30 in the morning? So I call her and she goes, Daddy, Daddy, somebody is getting in my house right now. I said, what? She said, somebody's in the house. Somebody's in right now. They're here right now. They're here. I'm like, oh my Lord, have mercy. I jump out of bed. I look over at Dawn and I said, you gonna go check on it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I said, don't worry. If somebody's down there, I'll run and get help. Hallelujah. No, I got up there. I jumped out of bed. And I'm my heart is going, because you know, you, it freaks you out when somebody's just on the phone like that. That freaks you out anyway. They're here. They are here right now. They're here. I don't act like you were. And listen, I'm going to give an altar call in just a few minutes. She said, I'm making drama out of Call somebody at 3.30 in the morning and see what happens. So I, I go in and get my gun. See, if you break into my house or hurt my family, I will shoot you and then pray for you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I will shoot you and then say, God, touch him. We need a miracle right now. You shouldn't have been so stupid come up in my house like this. God, have mercy on him. Bang, bang. Can I get a witness in the house? The only problem was I grabbed my gun, but I couldn't find my bullets. I felt like Barney Fife up in there. I'm walking around with an unloaded gun. The truth is I couldn't shoot him, but I would throw my gun at him. Can I get a witness? And I get down there and she comes out and it is actually the wind and rain <laughs> hitting the window. 
There was nobody there. But me and her was scared to death. I've come to tell you, you don't need to let the enemy overcome you. Number one, nine times out of 10, it's something you're making up in your mind. And number two, if it is somebody, you got bullets in your weapon, baby. You got the word of the Lord and no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Give the Lord a shout. David said, David said, the Lord is on my side. Push your neighbor and say, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? They can talk about me, but what can they do to me? They can dog me out, but what can they do to me? They can, they can, they can doubt me, but what can they do to me? The Lord is on my side. What does that mean? He will crush the agenda of anyone that comes against me. Hallelujah. God is saying, I'm on your side. If, if, if they attack you, they're attacking me. If they touch you, they're touching me. If they mess with you, they'll mess with me. And if they contend with you, I'll contend with them. Hallelujah. Number three, the spirit that you must overcome is the spirit of the Hivites. That spirit represents the small place. It is a spirit that represents the small thinking. See, see, one of the spirits you're gonna have to overcome in this next season, listen to me, lady. Listen to me, sir. Listen to me, young person. It's the mentality of the small. I've said for years, small thinkers make big stinkers. Have you ever hung out with folks who always thought the small? They always thought the small. And how many people do you know who have missed out on something absolutely awesome concerning the things of God because they, they refuse to think big? Somewhere along the lines to really possess what God has for you, you're gonna have to overcome the mindset of small thinking. Honey, I dream big. And listen, I'm 53 and I'm dreaming bigger than I've ever dreamed in my life. I, we dreamed of buildings before we had them. We dreamed of campuses before we had them. We, we dreamed of television before we ever did it. We dreamed of those things, Pastor Troy, when we had nothing, when we had no resources and all we had was the dream and a word from the Lord. But when God gives you a dream, honey, everything that he promises you will come to pass. See, small thinkers, you, if you want to know what your future is, take a snapshot of your closest friends. You, you, you need to run with people who think big because here's the fact and reality. Small thinkers never know real power. That They never walk in the true breakthrough of God. They never do the impossible because they have the mentality, I've got to do what's safe. I've got to stay safe. Can I say this to you, precious? Jesus didn't die on the cross to make you safe. Jesus didn't give his blood to the church to make the church safe. He didn't do all he did for us to make us safe. Jesus died on the cross to make us dangerous. How many of you wanna be dangerous in the name of Jesus? Here's what I've come to understand and write this down. Great champions take great chances. If you wanna do the great for God, you gotta be a risk taker. You gotta get out there and risk it. Let me tell you, there are three kind of pastors. There, 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 there's caretakers, undertakers, and risk takers. Caretakers, undertakers, and risk takers. What is a caretaker? A caretaker comes and takes care of the church. If there's 100 people in the church when he gets there, there'll be 100 people when he, he leaves because he is a caretaker. And then there are undertaker pastors. Have you ever seen an undertaker pastor? The church can have a thousand when he gets there, but there'll be 10 when he leaves because he kills everything in the room. Can I get a witness in the house? There are caretakers, undertakers, and then there are risk takers. There are pastors and leaders that will say, you know what, where we are is not where we're going. We believe that God can do anything. We didn't start with thousands of people on three campuses. We didn't start with a school running over and we can't even get all the students in it because we're out of room. We didn't start with a college or TV or missionaries around the world. Honey, we started with nothing, but God turns nothing into something. And I'm 
telling you I'm still dreaming big, I'm still thinking big. If you wanna be a risk taker and you wanna see God do big things in your life, make a little noise in the room right now. Oh, you can do better than that. If you believe like maybe God is on your side, give him some praise. See, if your memories are greater than your dreams, you're in trouble. I don't wanna live with greater memories than I do dreams. Listen, I got great memories. I look back at where God has brought us from, the journey that we've been on into where we are right now. But honey, we're still looking at properties. We're still looking at campuses. We're still looking to expand. We're still looking at the next thing. You know why? Because God's not through with us. And I need to come and prophesy to somebody in the house and tell you that God is not through with you. It is time for you to think big. It is time for you to realize that the Lord is on your side. He goes before you, Deuteronomy says, he will be with you, he will not leave you, he will not forsake you. Oh, glory to God. The Bible said he will not fail you in Deuteronomy. He won't drop you, he won't be slack. He won't allow you to sink. See, here's where you gotta ask yourself, what would you do for God if you knew you couldn't fail? That's what I believe. I believe if I do it for his glory, I won't fail. I believe I can attempt things that are outside of my ability, but if I'll give him the glory, I won't fail. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, think big. Number four is the Gurdjieffite spirit. It's one who returns from a pilgrimage, one who quits. See, nothing will cost you your destiny like quitting. But I've come to tell you today, never give up. If God has spoken to you about your family, Never give up. If God has promised you your son, never give up. If God has promised you your daughter, never give up. If God has promised you a new dimension and a next level, you will not know victory if you don't overcome the temptation to quit. Never give up. Listen, I have felt like quitting many times, but I know I can't quit. Can I be transparent with you? There's been times, many times, since I've had the arduous task of being your pastor, standing, praying, believing for millions of dollars, 20, 30 million dollars to build buildings and believe God for next dimensions and new campuses to start everything that God has called us to start. And it seemed so arduous and overwhelming that I felt like quitting. But you know what? I had to remind myself that quitters never see the promises of God fulfilled in their lives. And I want to tell you, maybe you're not believing for 20 million dollars. Maybe you're believing for the salvation of your son. Maybe you're believing for a restoration in a family situation. Maybe you're believing for healing in your body. The Lord brought me here to tell you, do you need a raise in your job? Do you need a blessing in your business? Do not quit. The Lord is on your side. Every promise will come to pass. Ordinary people quit. Extraordinary people finish. Push your neighbor and say, be extraordinary. Yes, yes, who wants to be extraordinary? I wanna be extraordinary. See, quitting is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Don't quit. Push somebody and say, don't quit. Yeah, yeah, folks may quit around you, but don't quit. Folks may quit around you, but stay in the game. Brother, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Paul said, I have run the race. I have finished the course, hallelujah. Quitters always have this language, I almost. I almost did it. I almost got the job. Well, guess what? You unemployed. Listen, I am getting on an airplane in just a few hours. And if I almost catch the plane, I'll be spending the night in Daytona tonight. Can I get a witness? God has not called you to almost do anything. God has called you to absolutely stick with it until you see everything he has promised come to pass. If you're not gonna quit, 
If you're not going to give up, if you're not going to stop until you see the promises of God, I want you to make a little noise in the room. I'm not going to quit till I see revival in my generation. I'm not going to quit until sons and daughters repent. I'm not going to quit until every assignment in my life is fulfilled. Push your neighbor and say, don't quit. That brings us to number five, the Perizzites. The Perizzites, this spirit is very powerful because it's defined as squatters, one settled without title or commitment. Come on. They want all of the blessing, but none of the buy-in. Oh, I'm going to preach a little bit right now. Do you know people that want all the blessing, but none of the buy-in? They, they, they want everything just given to them. They have a spirit of entitlement. Oh, it's getting quiet in here now. Don't make me study. Just give me the degree. Oh, I, I ought to have some teachers and educators that say amen. Don't, don't, make me do, don't make me actually do the work. Don't make me actually spell the words right and use proper punctuation. Where are y'all at in the room? Just go ahead and give me my degree. Give me, give me, give me. My name is Jimmy, and I'll take what you give me. Can I get a witness? It's that spirit of entitlement, that spirit that says, oh, I'm, I'm going to upset somebody right now. But if you don't like this, come back next week. Maybe you'll like next week. But here's the truth. I think it's crazy that, see, I grew up playing basketball, baseball, and football. I didn't play soccer because we didn't know what that was. Come on. We played basketball, baseball, and football. And the truth is, you only got a trophy if you won. You had to compete and win but now we give a participation trophy. You were here, you were breathing, so let me give you a trophy. We are setting our children up for disaster when we tell them that they don't have to contend if they're going to be champions. Listen, I love everybody, but we've got to raise up a generation that does not feel entitled, that says, look, I gotta work for it. Come on, how many of y'all had to work for your money? How many of you had to work for your house, for your car? Let me tell you, here's what you need to tell some people. Get off your butt and go to work in the name of Jesus. Did he just say that? I could have said get off your blessed assurance. Come on, somebody. We're living in a day when entitlement, squatting, you know, it's those people come to church. Oh, here we go, Troy. Oh, they love the music. They like the preaching, but they don't give. Ooh, Jesus. They don't, they don't tithe, they don't worship, they don't praise. But when you buy in, push your neighbor and say buy in. When you buy in. See, here's what I know. People that don't buy in, they don't get committed enough. They, 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 they don't get committed enough. But here's what I found out. Usually the people that do the least complain the loudest. That's not just in church. That's just in life. How many of y'all know real often the people who are doing the least are fussing the most? Well, I got to find me another church. Jim Braley, he don't feed us. He's not, I'm just not getting fed. Are you kidding me? Say whatever you want to say. I, when I was younger, that used to upset me so bad I couldn't even sleep. But now at 53, thousands of people come to this church and thousands of people are getting fat in the word you know every Sunday morning, you ain't coming to this church because you like the building. You ain't coming to this church because you like the carpet or because you like the screens. You're coming to this church because you want a word from heaven. How many of y'all come for the word? 
let me tell you something. I'm not going to change the menu for one little, uh, preach Pastor Rayleigh, when I got thousands that sit here every Sunday and say, feed me that book, Pastor. Give me the word of the Lord. What do you say? I said, you got to buy in if you're going to be in. In your life, for the great things that God is calling you to do, you got to buy in if you're going to be in. You gotta buy, if it's your career, you gotta buy in. Young person, you may not like college, but you gotta buy in while you're there. Whatever job you're at, you might not like it, but precious in love, I say work the best you can there. Can I be a dad for a minute? Because, it, listen, a lack of commitment will rob you of overflow every time. God wants to do so much in your life. But none of us can be entitled, including me, including me. Everything that I have in my life, I realize, God, I have it by your grace, but I also have to do my part. I, 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 I was reading years ago about the type of soldiers that fought in Vietnam. There were the frontline troops and the rear echelon troops. The frontline troops, number one, they never complained about food. Number two, they had tremendous respect for their commander. Number three, the men in the foxholes, two by two, they never argued. They always got along. And number four, they had an uncanny sense of loyalty. And they said they witnessed several times where men would jeopardize their own life to save others. And then, and then there was the rear echelon troops. The rear echelon troops always complained about the food. But if you get in the front, you get on the front lines, baby, you won't have time to complain. They had no respect for their commanders, totally insubordinate. And the men in the foxhole argued nonstop. And the men would do nothing to help anybody. But when you get in the battle, your perspective changes. How many of you want to buy in to every promise God has for you in this next season? Make a little noise if that's you. And then the sixth spirit is the Jebusite spirit. It is a spirit of pride. John and third John wrote, I, I wrote to the church, but the atrophies who loves to have preeminence among them does not receive us. This is linked to the very first sin and it is pride. Pride was Satan's sin and it's the root of all other sin. And look at dear Atrophies. He refused to listen to his elders. That's why John denounced him. He refused to welcome other gospel preachers. He was insecure. He slandered other teachers. He, he was, listen, be careful about a leader who slanders other leaders. He excommunicated people who opposed him. He fought with people and not for people because he was consumed with pride. What will pride do? Pride will wreck a home. Pride will destroy a life. Pride will split a church. Pride will keep you separated from your family. Pride will hold back revival. And this prideful spirit, it's super spiritual. It has 13 of the nine gifts. This spirit always has a word. This spirit is always prophesying, but yet this spirit will talk behind people's back. It'll curse, it'll treat families bad. This same spirit has dreams and visions, but this same spirit tears everybody down because this spirit can't, can't handle anybody being blessed but them, anybody being remembered but them. And let me tell you something, this spirit cannot invade this house. I stand before you every day in humility, knowing I'm not here by my own strength, by my own skill or my ability. I humbly say, had it not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be here today. The Bible said God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then number seven, the last spirit, it's the Amorite spirit. These are the talkers and the sayers. If you know about the Amorites, write this down. They were the biggest and the meanest in the land. They were giants. They were the biggest, meanest giants in the land. But yet they were the talkers and the sayers. I was, I was in New York City a while back. You remember, babe, when we went to Ripley's, believe it or not. And they had this 
this wax figure of the tallest man who ever lived. And the man was so tall, I'm six foot four, but it seemed like I hardly came much above his waist. It was, it was something to behold. But as I read about this man and a woman, they showed the tallest woman. They said both of these were huge. They were massive, but in reality, there was a condition that they both had that people at that level often wrestle with. And they were weak in reality and they could not even walk. But the perception was when I walked up to that figure of that man, my perception of him was that he was huge and strong and powerful. And the Lord took me all the way back to when David encountered Goliath. Goliath may very well have been a man just like this, a man that looked imposing and strong, but in reality he was weak. Because if you study about Goliath, never do we read about anybody he killed. We never hear of anything he did. We only read of what he said. And in 1 Samuel 17, the Israelites were frozen in fear based on the words of Goliath. And let me tell you, the devil will set himself up to seem so big in your life and so powerful in your life. But when it's all said and done, we cannot bypass the blood and the victory of the cross in your life. All he has is words. How are you perceiving the enemy? Isaiah said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment shall you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Every lying tongue you're going to condemn. It won't prosper. It won't be profitable. Some of you have been worried about the voices of the giants in your life, but God brought me here to tell you that the Lord is on your side and it will not prosper. Everything God has for you is intact. It's amazing to me, no weapon. Somebody say no weapon. The word no there actually appears twice in the original Hebrew text. It actually implies an exclamation point. They don't have punctuation in Hebrew the way that we understand it. So when they want to really reinforce the word, they'll write it again. And the, 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 the Lord is saying no, not just no weapon. He's saying no weapon, no weapon, no weapon. It doesn't matter what it is, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. But isn't it amazing? And he puts weapons and words, weapons and words, weapons and words, weapons and words in the same text. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Watch this. And every lying tongue that rises against you, he will condemn weapons and words. You know why? Because words are weapons. Words are weapons. People say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Baby, words will kill you dead. If you don't rise in the victory of the Lord, some of you have been allowing the enemy to taunt you like Goliath taunted David. Your children will never be saved. You will never know a better day financially. You can't own a home. You can't get a degree. You can't rise above depression. You can't rise above that addiction. You'll never be able to get past your past. You'll never know joy. The enemy stands up in the high place and tries to speak down to you. But I have come to tell you it is time for you to take authority over the enemy. 
and stop believing what the enemy says about you. Tell your neighbor, don't believe what the devil says. Don't believe what the devil says about your children. Don't believe what the devil says about this generation. Don't believe what the devil says. Here's your victory. Believe what God says about you. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, believe what God says about you. Believe what God has said about your son. Believe what God has said about your daughter. Believe what God has said. Will you believe what God has said? Stand up and give God a shout if you'll believe what God has said. No, I want you to give God a praise if you'll believe what God has said. What has God said? What does the word say about your children? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What does the Lord say about your victory? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What has God said about the spirit of fear? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Come on, what does the Lord say about your battle? I've been made more than a conqueror. What does the Lord say about your work? Whatever I do, it shall prosper. Hallelujah! There are seven enemies, seven spirits that the enemy wants to unleash against you. Restlessness, fear, small thinking, quitting. Come on, squatting. No investment, just I'm entitled, pride, and talking and saying. Let me tell you something. It's bad enough for the devil to talk negatively about your purpose and your promise. It's bad when your enemies do it, but it's devastating if you do it. You need to rise up and say, everything God has promised me will be mine. Say that. Say, everything God has promised me will be mine. Come on, raise up both hands and say, everything God has promised me will be mine. Say it again. Say, everything God has promised me will be mine. Oh, I feel the anointing. I'm going to be teaching further Wednesday night. I'm going to be here live and in person. I'll be back Tuesday from preaching and teaching in Milwaukee. I want you to come. Who wants to finish this overflow with me? Let's finish it powerful. Watch this now. Next Sunday, it's Time Change Sunday. And I'm going to be bringing an illustrated sermon. It's the good time change. It's the one that God is pleased with. It's the one where we sleep another hour. Do me a favor and invite all the lost people you can find because if you will invite lost people, I believe next Sunday is gonna be the greatest, one of the greatest Sundays of salvation we've ever seen. I'm gonna be preaching an illustrated sermon. Some of you have seen me use different characters in this illustrated sermon through the years. It's time again for Encore. And Encore is probably the greatest illustrated sermon. We have tens of thousands of views when we post it. And it's gonna be unbelievable next Sunday. I want you to bring a friend next Sunday. How many of you feel like you got a word from heaven today? With heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room and you're not where you need to be with the Lord, if there's things in your life that alienate you and separate you from him, when I count to three, you'd say, Pastor, since you're praying, pray for me because there's sin in my life and I want to overcome every enemy of my purpose. I want to walk in overflow, but I got to get some things under the blood. When I count to three, raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, remember me, Pastor. Two, Three, slip that hand up right now. Pray for me, Pastor. Hold it right up. Hold it right up. Not where I need to be with God. Not where I need to be with God. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Hands in every section. I want everybody in the room to take your hand and put it on your heart right now. We're going to pray a prayer that means something. This is not some kind of prayer that just rolls off of our tongue and doesn't have power to change us forever. You can stand right in your seat and say bye-bye to the enemy and hello to Jesus. 
pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. For all my sins. For all my sins. Take my heart. Take my heart. And wash it clean. And wash it clean. In your precious blood. In your precious blood. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. That you see me. That you see me. Right here this morning. Right here this morning. I surrender. I surrender. Everything to you. Everything to you. I claim you as Savior. I claim you as Savior. And I declare. And I declare. Every promise. Every promise. With my name on it. With my name on it. I will possess it. I will possess it. In Jesus' name. Now watch this. If you prayed that and you meant business, here's what you need to do. You need to be back in church. You need to get baptized. You need to join Growth Track. You need to become a part of this family. I want everybody to take your hand and put it on your neighbor's shoulder right now. How many of you are going to walk? How many of you going to walk in overflow the last quarter? Anybody? I know that I am. Pastor Troy is going to close us in prayer. I love you so much. God bless you. All right. Pastor Ray is actually going in the back right now. Those of you that are our guests and you would like to just come by and shake his hand, say hello, and our staff, if you go out this little door to your left, there's a room there. We ask you just to drop by and just take a minute uh, to meet our pastor. We'd appreciate you doing it. You also heard him mention a minute ago, Encore, there's cards are in the back on our info counter and also info stands. If you want to grab some cards and invite some people, I'm telling you, you've been trying to get somebody to come to church, this is the answer. I'm telling you, it's going to be powerful. Also, I'd like to remind you that uh, this week, this is the last week you can do this. As you go out the door to the right, there's an outreach table, and there's a lot of bags there. You can take a bag and fill it up and drop it off next week. But another thing you can do is, is help us identify families that, that need help during this time. We want to supply them all the trimmings and a turkey for Thanksgiving. And say what we've done differently through the years is not just giving it to people that's already getting turkeys and trimmings, people that maybe won't tell nobody. You know, they won't say, I need help. But you do know they need it, right? So fill that out and we'll get in contact with them and we'll just surprise them. Is that okay? All right. So let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in house such as this. God, will you pour out the word into our life and our life is transformed and changed. But God, I pray right now, God, that nobody leaves it in the room. God, I pray they take it out those doors to their homes, to their workplaces, wherever they are, God, and share this gospel to those around them. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, Wednesday night, Pastor finishes overflow. Be a part. God bless you. You are